so like most people our age, I know George Kennedy as the captain from Naked Gun movies, and I thought it was super weird watching him run around as a deranged maniac. Like, I don't know about you, but I just have a hard time picturing someone from that beloved comedy committing multiple murders. <laughs> um, it's funny because his face was recognizable to me, but... Maybe if you put him beside O.J. Simpson and Leslie Nielsen, I might have had it. But I, it did not stand out to me as a weird experience. Oh, I was weird for you. Captain Ed fucking running around just <laughs> murdering people. Now that you bring that up, I can definitely feel that. If I had have known that going in, I think I would have had a much harder time uh, accepting the way that he was acting for sure. That's fair. Maybe O.J. Simpson should have blamed everything on an evil boat. <laughs> Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm Nolan. And today we are discussing the uh, 1980 sea-based horror movie, Death Ship, <laughs> which is an awesome name, objectively. Oh, it is an awesome name. The cover is pretty fantastic, too. The art on this Blu-ray is pretty sweet. We've got this uh, like old-time military ship that they have, like I don't know, done some animation on to give it an evil face. And yeah, they've superimposed like a skull on it. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's uh, silly when you think about it. Oh, it absolutely <laughs> is silly. Evil boat. Um, when you said 1980, I thought that uh, you might have been lying to me because this definitely feels like a 70s movie to me. Well, but what you have to remember is like 1980 is still basically 70s uh, cinema sensibility, right? It's not till like 82 or 83 that we really started getting what would become like that kind of 80s vibe. Yeah, and I definitely feel that in this. I know a lot of this was probably created and produced in the mid to late 70s too, right? It probably takes a couple years to make one of these. Oh, it must so, have been, yeah, yeah 78, 79. So. Yeah. But it has that sensibility for sure. It seems like an older movie in some ways. Yeah, it seems to me or like very quickly I'm getting kind of almost like Alfred Hitchcock vibes. From oh my God, Roy, are, I mean, the shower scene is so clearly just a shame psycho ripoff yeah. is that what you're getting yeah at? <laughs> well that in so many other moments right it, it kind of felt like they took the shining and put it on a boat oh yeah there's some shiny that's not hitchcock though shiny no no i know that yeah. that's kubrick but it was like there was there was either hitchcock or kubrick it felt like those were the two things that led to this i didn't know the timeline on when that came out did it come out before this i think you're giving this movie way too much credit connecting <laughs> it to like two absolute cinema classics that's well, a little yeah maybe little that's fair i was giving it i it felt more like a ripoff of those things i guess is what i would say yeah i would agree with that and we are going to cover all of the uh strange happenings and possible film connections but first as we always do we have found a beer to pair this movie with what are we drinking today Noel? yeah so we've got a beer called the ghost ship what a perfect connection that's to pretty our good, ship. Yeah. as you're going to find out as we talk about this movie there is no crew on board of this murderous ship so uh, we can only assume that it's being run by ghosts, possibly. This is by the Adnan's Brewery. Uh, this is a brewery that was started over 150 years ago by two brothers, George and Ernest Adnan. And they're out of the Southwold, which is a seaside town in the UK. Uh, it's in Suffolk. It's sort of the east coast of the United Kingdom. Like, I don't know. It looks like it's northeast of London. Uh, I have never had this before. I'm super excited. The This place, this brewery, seems like a pretty incredible thing, what they have going. They have hotels. They've got a lighthouse. They've got tours. And they have a ton of beers and spirits. They also do gin and other spirits um, that are all sort of connected to the sea and the ocean and sailing. So... Perfect connection for us for our death ship. I'm I'm hoping that this ghost ship beer, it's a, a citrus pale ale, it says, is um, more palatable than the sort of ghost ship, the acting and deaths that we see in this, <laughs> this fucking movie. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never had this either. I'm not familiar with the Adnams. Adnams? Oh, Adnams. Yeah, I, I mispronounced it. I might have said Adnams. When I first thought it, I thought yeah. it was Adams. I don't no, know. It's Adnams. Yeah. Uh, and that's the last name of the two brothers, George and Ernest, I guess. Um, and Citrus it, Pale Ale. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. It says it uses Citra, the hop, which I declared to you was the most palatable hop, which you laughed in my I face. I don't know if that's yeah. true or not. I have no way of knowing. It also says it has biscuit aromas. I like biscuits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I mean, often malts have sort of a cookie flavor to them i british like to describe their malts as biscuity well good i like malts that's for sure and uh hopefully i can survive this spookily hoppy bite <laughs> we'll review here well it said it says it's a hauntingly good beer so i'm looking forward to finding that out well let's find out right now why don't we crack it open and get into it love it oh <laughs> it's all over my lap jesus christ me too what <laughs> happened here shake the no Dude. i don't know what happened <laughs> It's sitting in my fridge for like oh, a month. Fuck, it's all over me. 
Apparently sending them across the ocean um, on a ghost ship has made them a bit carbonated. Why well, don't they traveled here on a ghost ship? Uh, I hope they did. I assume that's part of the shipping process. So we begin with some surprisingly ominous footage of the open ocean and one of those lengthy opening credit sequences that's a trademark of this era of movies. But after the opening credit sequence, we get right into this shit with a series of increasingly quick cuts and very melodramatic music that is meant to instill immediate terror. Death ship! (laughs) Yeah. Wow. We're getting some very shaky camera footage here and the mood is very, very eerie very quickly. The intro takes forever and even uses sort of a text base that makes you know that you're getting a scary movie right away. So they're setting the tone. They're telling us what's happening. But the images we're getting aren't inherently eerie. It's just like boat stuff. There's a boat floating by, and yes, the boat is like all dark or whatever. But then we've got like gears and like pistons and like like a meter that's like, I'm like, why is this supposed to be scary? Yeah, and then we also get what seems like a control panel, but it's in German. Uh, oh, was that in German? I didn't notice that right away that it was in German. Yeah, so there's like a German oh. control panel. And I even hear a bit of German, um, like, speaking, Oh, yes, that's true. Right? Yeah. So we get a bit of that, and I'm kind of like, okay, so we're maybe we have a German ship. But oh, then yeah, it becomes very clear very soon. <laughs> but then all of a sudden we are with an English captain and crew. Like, he's not English. He's like American. He's just like a regular dude. English oh, okay. speaking. Yeah, we get an English speaking American captain and crew on a cruise ship. Yeah, that's Captain Ashland, played by George Kennedy from the Naked Gun film series. And what we learn about him is that he is not pleased about how his life has turned out. I think we should join the party, Captain. Damn the passengers. To see to become a captain, not a party host. He's coming in real hot here, snapping at his crew members and generally being a huge prick. Yeah, the crew hate him. They, they're they already celebrating. Apparently, this is going to be his last voyage. We see he has sort of a first mate someone who's learning to take over this cruise ship. I think he is done with being the leader of cruise boats. He would rather do other things on the sea, right? We find out later, though, this is not by his choice. That the company is like, apparently yanking him because the guests are complaining he's so fucking prickly. Yeah, he's, he seems like quite the hard ass. He definitely was meant more for like the military ocean rather than leading around a cruise. I'm confused because we have all that eerie music and we have shots of a boat uh, from the outside, but they haven't made it clear to me that this boat is different than the other boat that they're shooting. Yeah, I know what you mean. It is confusing. We see the exterior of the death ship, but the interior of this cruise ship. And so it is a little disorienting. I don't know if that's on purpose or not. I don't think it was. I don't think so. I Like, for me, I'm thinking that this is the same ship. Those pictures of the, like pistons going up and down and the other stuff i'm kind of like it's interesting that they're on a german cruise ship but they are uh, all uh, like americans or english-speaking people yeah i thought for sure those were the gears and pistons of the cruise ship not the death ship yeah exactly they they did not make that clear no. to me watching it again i think obviously i would know differently but yeah. it was confusing as a first watcher which is never what you want in the first like five minutes of a movie like where are we what's going on here <laughs> uh, as you mentioned it is the captain's last voyage he'll be retiring this first mate is like the incoming captain he's about to take over uh the old captain does not seem happy about it in that first scene but we get a party scene next that shows us that there's definitely a few things he won't miss about the whole cruise lifestyle he basically motherfucks the comedian who introduces him and shits all over the guests (laughs) yeah he he heads into this party that's happening it appears to be a costume party so there's lots of people in dress. There is an I Dream of Jeannie uh, kind of sexy lady who <laughs> yes, comes there across. Is. There's a crew member wearing a gorilla mask. We know that the captain does not really approve of this uh, activity at all. He sits down with the wife of the first mate and the two children. We're kind of getting the cursory introduction to the characters who are going to be, I guess, significant later. We're only getting a little bit of time with each one of those. He is really grumpy here. He's he, They ask him to stand up and take a bow, and he basically tells them to fuck themselves. It's like the least <laughs> diplomatic sort of stand-up I could ever imagine someone saying to all of the crew that are there or all the passengers. Yeah, he's checked out. He does not give a fuck at all. Uh, you mentioned that he's not happy with that crew member wearing the gorilla mask. He would especially be unhappy if he knew what that crew member was sneaking away to do with the I Dream of Genie lady. Yeah, he was looking to get a little bit of action here. The I Dream of Genie lady 
who uh, I like that costume, by the way, not looking too bad in that thing. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, yeah. So they head off to another room to uh, have some sex. We have that entertainer comedian uh, has a unibrow. So he's one of the only other actors that I recognize in this. He, oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Saul Rubinek, maybe? I don't know. He's been in other stuff. Like, subsequently, he's very young in this. Yeah, he's not uh, the most well-groomed brow line in, in, <laughs> on the boat, for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I bring that up, but uh, he's he's fairly entertaining, right? We're getting him leading the band and getting some stuff going. Wait, he's not entertaining the fucking captain. The no, guy's like, the fuck captain that guy. Hates it. While this is happening, we're getting intermixed shots of controls and things being moved on their own. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not sexual, though. They're cutting back and forth between the crew man and the genie lady hooking up and the, the control stuff. They could have had some of those pistons going, you know what I mean? Let's <laughs> let's make this like we had in Youngblood last season. Yeah, just like the tea uh, brewing experience. Yeah, there could have been some dipping and other things happening too that would have made this uh at least a little bit tongue-in-cheek i would have enjoyed that too that's funny yeah so they do complete their sexual uh voyage much like the boat is on a voyage i don't know uh but they're <laughs> they're about to go for round two when a big problem suddenly rears its ugly head and that problem is the death ship it's coming right at us well we, we don't know that they're they don't know that they just get a little bleep on the radar uh, and it, it appears to be, and I don't know why it looks like this on a radar, an iceberg. Like, it gives, like, the impression of an iceberg on the screen. They try to turn away. They they go 20 degrees to port, and they move away from it, and they're like, this is weird. Even though we're moving away, we are still heading right at it. So they have to call the captain. So captain heads up there to try to solve this problem. Is he going to be able to steer the ship and avoid uh, that object that's coming, which we now know is the death ship? Fuck no. Like, obviously, this is all leading to a massive collision. But we do get more quick cuts as the crew frantically tries to avoid it. We've got the gears churning again, pistons pumping, gauges going out of control. But not only can they not keep from crashing, as one of the crew members points out before it happens, it's almost like this other ship is actively trying to hit them. So I guess uh, pour one out for the prophetic crew member or what? <laughs> he knew. He knew it wasn't old enough to be the prophetic old man, unfortunately. Um, they don't even know it's a ship at this point, right? They just no, they, see they an Because the captain's like... Signal him to all the course. We have, sir. We'll signal him again, damn it. Uh, okay. They know it's a ship. So they know point? it's a yeah. ship. Yeah, I'm. I'm sort of like I know they're gonna crash into something here. It seems pretty confusing. I still haven't really figured out that those shots are intermixed. The of other the ship. Death yeah. ship. Like I know. this is all kind of messed up for me. They do crash, and this crash is pretty epic. <laughs> what what, happens, what, do you mean? what epic happens after they, they it's crash? It's so into fucking it? low budget. Oh my god! So like giant holes get punched in the wall of clearly a set. And they pour a bunch of water in. It's supposed to look like the control room. A couple guys kind of get washed away. And then we get some, like, explosion and pyrotechnics that are interesting. And then we have a piano dropped off of a second story and just crashes down. And then the ship's gone. Like, yeah. we literally go from these, like, small effects to the ship being fucking sunk. Yep. And then we cut to the next day. And a very small group of survivors on a raft. And uh, it's literally the only characters we've met so far. There's nobody else. It's all, they only introduced the characters for the raft. There was no superfluous anything. We don't give a shit about all the other They're all dead, but no one cares. We've got the uh, the first mate, the incoming captain, and his family. The wife, both kids made it. There's the comedian, uh, an old lady who we briefly met at the party. And that sexy gorilla genie couple. But no sign of the outgoing captain. At least not until his corpse floats up under the raft. But not so fast, as despite the fact that he was seemingly underwater for, what, hours? It turns out George Kennedy is somehow still alive, so that's lucky. Yeah, this is fucked, right? There's no like, sign of him. They are in the open ocean, and there's nothing floating around them for, again, it's daylight. We've transitioned hours here, and then he just floats up from the bottom, and they're like, he's alive. I was like, what? The timelines in this movie are absolutely bonkers. Like, they make zero sense. The fact that that ship sunk in, like, mere seconds, and the fact that everyone dies except for the core cast here, which they've introduced to us, and not even introduced to us in an effective way. Like, we no. really don't know these characters yet or care much about them. Uh, they very heavily lean on you not wanting children to die. Like, they keep putting the, the children in danger, or we're going to see that happening pretty soon here. Do you think so? I didn't really think they were in that much danger. They never seem to be in that much danger. I know that's, that's probably why they're there, but, like, 
at no point that I think they were actually going to die. What, what they do is they just keep having them go off on their own. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it happens way too frequently where they're just like, oh, yeah, go ahead. These kids are going to wander around on these empty, like, ships on their own. And we'll get into that more. When they pull the captain out, you're right. He's been submerged for hours. There he's is, a bloated corpse at this yeah, point. There's yeah. no way that he's alive. They pull him out and... He's kind of acting like a corpse. He has very little left in him. He, he's breathing, but he he doesn't have a lot of sort of like, it seems like it's affected his brain function for some reason. He doesn't really have a lot going on there. So they're on this raft and they're floating around and they're hoping to wait for someone to come rescue them. I think the first mate says if we, we stay around where the ship went down, they're most likely to find us. But amazingly, what do they sort of float towards or find? Well, there's just happens to be a ship nearby. What what a coincidence. I just hope it's a regular one and not a death ship. <laughs> yeah, who would expect a ghostly murder ship to be uh, floating in the ocean? Well, but like they knew they crashed into another ship. Like, yeah, how, how does uh, yeah. this not register? Like, that's probably the boat that smashed into us. I don't know. Well, and how did they, yeah, how was there no expectation of people from that other ship being in the water or both yeah. ships going down? Yeah, why or... didn't the death ship sink if two ships smashed into each other? Shouldn't they both be damaged? I'm guessing it's because the death ship is made of a different material. Like it's it, made of evil. Well, it's, it's a pure evil. Well, I mean, it runs without fuel, so clearly it's got some magical powers, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it was also a military ship rather than a cruise oh, ship. Oh, that's so a good point. Maybe Probably it was made, made of stern ramming. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it is definitely the death ship, and it lives up to his name almost immediately. As the second the survivors are aboard, we see different ship parts start to move in menacing ways, which will ultimately lead to the death of the comedian. Actually, I lied. The two captains almost bite it when the ladder they're climbing up collapses during the boarding process, so this thing is clearly just deadly as can be. So, embarrassingly, as they approach this ship, this is where I realized that the images of the pistons and the empty ship were the death ship. I don't blame you, man. I didn't know either. It's not clear until this very moment. So they, they do find that sort of stairwell and start climbing it. They get everyone on board. Of course, they send the children on first. What the fuck? Well, you uh, have to. Women and children first. Man. It's a basic sea <laughs> law. Onto a strange ship. You get them off the boat first. You don't put them on a strange ship They're first. getting them off the raft first. I don't disagree <laughs> with that statement. Okay. So they have this eerie, strange, empty ship that they put the kids and children on first. And now the two crew members are going to try to get this fucking basically dead captain up here. Like you said, this walkway or gangplank that they're going up falls off as they're pulling them here. But it doesn't fall off on its own. What do they cut to before it falls off? Uh, is it the hook? No, it's a, like, piston in the engine room moving, oh. and that's supposed to communicate to us that the ship is acting independently and somehow tosses it off. Oh, see, I didn't register that at all. Oh, I just, yeah. I just assumed it just broke off. I knew it was, like, the ship doing it. I just didn't know there was, like, a connection between No, that. they show, like, the ship almost actively thinking before each one of these bad events happen, and they do it by going to, like, a piston in the engine room. It's a yeah. really weird kind of thing that they were trying to communicate. So the ship has thrown off the captains after... The children and kids are on board. I'm trying to wonder now if this is like, are they just going to try to murder the women and children? Are they going to try to keep the captains off the ship? It seems that way. It does, but that handsome crewman, the one under the gorilla mask who was nailing the genie earlier, he dives in and they manage to get them all on board. Everyone's safe for now. But like I said, that comedian's about to bite it. He gets picked up by a crane, then swung out over the water and dunked in head first. So I naturally assumed he was going to drown, but they kind of fake us out here and the crane raises him back up only to drop him overboard where he sucked into the propeller you think the old captain was secretly happy about that one i'll teach him to give me a shitty introduction <laughs> i mean it seems like it based on how the captain changes here he was not opposed to that comedian being taken down it was uh pretty interesting here seeing that crane lift him up but actually it was kind of uh it seemed like good stunt work having the guy lifted on the crane and dipped in the water and then Drop from a high height. I thought that was pretty well done. How about the propeller day? I think that was well done. Uh, well, they didn't show it. We <laughs> don't see nothing. It. We just we just know that he gets sucked under and he's gone. It's at this time where I'm asking whether the boat is full of magic. Is it a magical boat? Are there ghosts that are controlling these things? They don't ever show us a ghost. No. The ship is doing all of this on its own. Yes, but we do hear those voices like you mentioned. The ship is clearly possessed by something. Hey, you know what else uh, no one does? Spend a single second grieving or mourning that comedian. He's under the boat, and they're all just like, all right, let's move on with their lives. I just assumed it was racism. Oh, because he's Jewish? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Classic anti-Semitism. 
Which would fit the theme of the boat. Yeah, exactly. As it turns out. Yeah, it does fit the theme. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> yeah, no, they just all move on with their lives and set off to explore the ship. But despite hearing some sounds and the fact that the ship is clearly operating, it appears to be abandoned. They do find some signs of life, though. There's some lights that are turned on, a turntable playing music, and even a 1950s-style pinup of some hot lady on the wall. Oh, yeah, and there's also all those German voices the old captain is hearing. You think that could be anything? Or You obviously figured out that this is a German ship. Um, the captain, I'm wondering whether he's dead or alive. It seems like for some reason he is hearing the voices. I don't think everyone is hearing those German voices. So, uh, the one random woman that joins them, the widow who they met, she expresses that the ship has a life of its own. So she started to recognize she's the first one on this. Yeah. Yeah. She sort of recognizes that, wait a minute here. There's no crew and this ship is doing stuff without humans. Yeah, but of all the strange things they notice in these scenes, one thing they don't notice is the sexy male crew member slash gorilla getting absolutely blasted in the back of the head by a big metal hook and falling down a level, which I assume killed him. In fact, when they first got on board, he hallucinated his dead body lying on like a cargo net, and so I naturally thought this would happen here. But I guess the death ship is still in the fucking with them phase of things, you know? <laughs> they have to build the tension here. They can't just murder all of the crew right away. Otherwise, this thing would be done in like 45 minutes. I actually was wondering how long it took us to get here. It's not very long. Not long at all. No. No, it's like 10, 15 minutes of runtime to get us to this point where they're stranded on the ship. And I'm like, holy shit, they have not done enough character development for me to care about any of these people. Yeah, that's fair. And we do a lot more jumping around here in the next few scenes. You got the old captain laid up in the infirmary where he continues to hear mysterious German voices. That's not good. And while that's happening, his first mate, the incoming captain, and that handsome guy investigate the ship's bridge and engine room and discover that indeed the ship is somehow powering itself. It's incredible. What the hell are those engines using for fuel? All these gauges read zero. It's also powering a reel-to-reel projector in the other room, so at least the women and children will be able to relax, watch a film, take their mind off things, you know? Oh, my God. I wondered whether they made this for the movie. Oh, or no, that's got to be real footage. You think that's a real yeah. footage of a movie? So we're getting this, like, very early black-and-white movie footage, and we've got, like, almost like they've shrunk a person, he's dancing on a piano, and we're getting that sort of old-timey performance. They are really into it. I was shocked because it seems like yeah. the people on this cruise, like, this movie was made many, many decades before they were on the movie they're watching. Yeah. yeah. The, the musical performance. The musical performance, yeah. right? Like Very old-timey. If I show that to my children, they would be confused and be like, what the fuck is this, Dad? Why are you making us watch this? Yeah, <laughs> but they all loved it. All of them were like super into it, so I don't know. This whole section's really strange, right? It's the time where they're sort of building the mood. They're investigating this ship. I am finding it generally very eerie and creepy. They're using some creative camera angles. And the music and sound effects are on the nose, but working to sort of set the tone. I'm confused by a lot of the decisions the people are making, though. Oh, get used to that. It's going to be more confusing as we go. And I mean, I know that's a trope in all horror movies that people are going to make stupid choices, but they're all going off on their own and doing random shit and then interacting with stuff that clearly should indicate that this place is fucked and you should leave. Um, and I'm and I'm angry that the ship has zero fuel. When the two went to investigate... They mentioned that specifically. They're yeah. like, oh yeah, there's no fuel. And I'm like, oh my God, so this is all just magic, right? It's fueled by hate. I guess so. so. No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't um. <laughs> No, listen, that, that old-time musical performance they're watching, uh, they were enjoying it, past tense, until we get a sudden scream and the kids jump up. When that old lady, the widow, turns around, we can see why. Her face is covered, just absolutely covered in truly terrible makeup effects. I don't know if she's supposed to be burned or diseased or if her skin is supposed to be bubbling, but this looks like something a child would make out of some paper mache for a science project. It's rough. Um, it Yeah, her face is sort of morphing and molding. It looks like bubbles are forming. But they aren't moving. No, well... Just this firm ridge. It would have been nice if they continued to grow while we see the shot. Nope, They didn't have the to be able to do that. <laughs> This all comes from because she ate some candy from a dish in... Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. So she had a peppermint... She uh, sneaks a peppermint candy, yeah. and for some reason, that peppermint candy melts her face. I don't I don't I did know. not make that connection at all. Yeah. I just thought it was the ship doing it. No, I'm pretty sure it was the peppermint candy. Obviously, yeah. the ship is like laid that there to cause that problem, I think, but I'm pretty sure that that's why it happened. 
the kids fucking freak out, right? They see her face and they run off on their own and the adults go chase her. Uh, this widow lady kind of wanders her way back to where the captain is. And then all of a sudden we have a bit of clarity for him. The one thing I want to mention is we're describing all of these characters as their character. Like what I don't they know are. any of their names. They, they don't tell us until no. super late in this movie what any of their names are. I was like trying to figure it out and I'm like, I don't know who any of these fucking people are. No, yeah, they did not do a good job with that part for sure. As you mentioned, she staggers back into the infirmary and yes, the old captain is there. The German voices in his head are out of control and they only get louder as he rises from the bed, wraps his hands around the old lady's neck and strangles her to death. We get a cut in the middle here where she's replaced with a young, presumably American sailor and the look on george kennedy's face as he kills this guy is positively orgasmic he even has to towel off afterwards for real (laughs) i'm serious (laughs) he does towel off and he seems to be back to life instead of being that corpse that was underwater for i don't know 48 hours they have what seems to be their captain back except he's got a dramatically different dialect i wouldn't say dramatically different it's his like dialect's a, exactly the same i just mean he is he is a german captain now rather than well, an, we don't have any evidence of that he's yeah. the, no, he's, just, he's very refreshed he is just very refreshed he's walking he's talking he's ordered to prepare a funeral at sea and he even gives an impassioned reading at said funeral from an old bible that i guess he found lying around but to your point the bible we get a shot of it it's in german you can't fucking read german apparently he can now Um, i guess so clearly he is now been taken over by this boat right he is embracing this or he is possessed it, oh, yes, it's very clear what's happening now, but in case anyone in the audience isn't getting it, the next time we see the old captain, he is dressed in a full-on Nazi uniform. Like, he has clearly made himself at home here, as we see when he takes the new captain to the bridge. Would you like to steer her? All of my previous passengers like to do that. They like to pretend to be a captain, like you. But it's not so easy. He's doing a good job here. He is. Yes, he's doing a really good job here. Um, he is taking over and he is demonstrating it. This is where you must have felt like remembering him from those other movies. It that, was tough. Yeah, yeah, this was hard. For me, it's really working. Yeah. For me, he is standing up and doing a really good job. He's being suitably creepy. Uh, the first mate asks him what his plan, like where do you plan to sail her? And he says to eternity, yeah, which man. I thought was was pretty awesome. I was like, holy shit. And if you look at the maps, they go and look at the maps on the table, and they're just circling the Atlantic. Like, he's just planning yeah. to be on this boat forever, and they're all fucked. They're not getting off. They need to feed the boat blood. Well, according to the captain, you know what? I'm getting Event Horizon vibes here. Ah, uh, yeah. Is he not kind of filling that Sam Neill role a little bit of, like, he's becoming one with the ship and, like... No, definitely. I yeah, think that's man. a good connection. Now you've determined that Event Horizon is a Ripped ripoff off of Death, Death Ship. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, this Fuck. is, this is despite all this sudden clarity on the captain's part, this is where the movie gets very confusing for me. Because the first mate, that incoming captain, he knows the old captain is insane. He tells his wife about it, but then instead of rallying the rest of the survivors to take control of the bridge, he just goes to sleep. Seriously, he hops into his bunk and catches some Zs. What the fuck? Yeah, I was really, really confused as well. I'm like... Maybe he thinks the old man is just, like, senile but harmless. Like, has he not put together that this place is fucked? Like, we He's already... wearing a Nazi uniform. That's not cause for alarm. I, I would have uh, found it alarming, yes. He goes and puts his children to bed in a separate bunk from him and his wife. You know what that means. Smart parenting, I yeah. guess. Oh, I thought you wanted oh, to get he, down. Oh, he wanted to get it in? Yeah, <laughs> he probably. That's the only reason to uh, choose not to protect your children on an empty old German death Nazi ship? boat yeah. death ship. Yeah. <laughs> She looked tired out, actually, when they do transfer back, so it's possible that that's what they were doing. (laughs) We know that our gorilla, like, first gorilla mate, yeah, Yeah. his name is Nick, actually. They say it later. Oh, there you go. You got a one name. So Nick and his female partner are looking for a safe place to bunk down, too. So we've got (laughs) all of them in separate rooms right now as the captain is up taking over this murder ship. And there's nothing bad that could go wrong in this evening, right? Oh, not at all. No, everyone's doing their own thing, like you said. That hot young couple does decide to bang, because why not? No one's told them they're in any danger. Although, the guy does hallucinate the girl getting covered in blood in the shower, but then says and does literally nothing when she's like, 
I'm going to take a shower. And you'll never believe it, but a bunch of blood starts pouring on her and she can't get out. Picture like a sexy version of Carrie, only with way, way less realistic looking blood. The close-ups here were fucking terrible. Yeah, it got better as the shot went on. I agree. The longer shot from above, that looks like blood, but when it's up close, it's like this kind of Pepto-Bismol pink, like it's fucking shitty. Yeah, the first shot of it coming out of the shower head sucked ass, mm-hmm. and then it kind of gets better. The blood drains, though, which is interesting, right? Like, if you're going to get covered in blood, there's no better place to have that happen than the shower. <laughs> well, like, it's, it's all so. draining off and Here's going a down, tip, and you're like, yeah. like, she's not wearing clothing. It's not staining anything. No, she's not. It's like... Best scene in the movie, you're saying? No, it wasn't oh, sexy. Okay. No. I, thought this, I thought this scene was actually like, it's a shameless psycho ripoff, and they, they kind of drag it out for too long, but they try to make it creepy with the cuts and the way she's like spinning around, and there's like they, they try to make they, it creepy. Yeah, so there are times she, she pulls off being freaked out, and she like gets into a fetal position, and is sort of just laying there getting covered in blood. What I don't understand is why he can't open the shower to get her out of there. He's pulling on it. We see this a few times in the movie where the ship has full control, Right? If the ship doesn't want you to open a door, you're not opening the door. So he can't get it open. So what he does is he runs away to go try to find something to pry it open. While he's missing, though, who goes and grabs our woman from the shower? Well, sorry, before that happens, the new captain's kids wake up and they start wandering the boat. We cut back and forth between them and that shower scene we were talking about. And after some vaguely creepy shots of door slamming behind them, they run right into the old captain who drags them back to their parents for some reason. Uh, That was a weird choice, but he makes up for it in a minute when he drags the sexy genie's body out of the shower and tosses her overboard. Until almighty God, we commit her soul and we commit her body to the deep. No! So they go from the shower, they do that intersplice with the kids, and they show him dragging and carrying her body. Clearly, it's a dummy at this point. Oh, I don't know. Oh, so for me, it looked super fake. It looked like... I mean, I know George Kennedy's not holding up a human being. He can't fucking gorilla press it. No. It looked clearly like it was a dummy. The thing that fell from his hands to the water, like... I would say it is less obvious dummy work than we've seen in movies like Coffee. Yeah, it's not that body that was dragged behind the car. That's true. But it, 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 to me, looked like dummy work. I also didn't understand why the blood shower killed her. I don't think it did. I think she just, uh, like, panic attack passed out, maybe. Oh, okay. She's really spinning. Like, she she does a good yeah. job of conveying her, the her terror. Yeah. yeah. But it seemed to me like she was dead before he chucked her, just the way that she fell and those things. But maybe she was passed out, like you said. But I don't know. So she's gone. Uh, Lori's done. Um, her name's Lori? Her name's Lori. Yeah. You got all the names. You don't know Very names. slowly, I started to write them down. This is the right. first part in the thing that I had her. So Lori's gone. We do get that. And then we get the slow-mo chase. Well, it's not all slow-mo. Yeah, somehow three people are now dead and this thing turns into a foot race through the ship where the new captain and the hot guy are chasing 70-year-old George Kennedy, but they can't catch him. Parts of this are in slow-mo and parts of it aren't. They end up stumbling into this weird combination monument slash torture chamber. The best way I can describe this part of the ship is it's like a Nazi museum and these guys start to seriously lose it. The young guy even bails, somehow ends up outside and dives right into that cargo net he saw himself falling into earlier. So irony? I don't know. Yeah, this is really strange. So they come across a room that is full of Nazi regalia. The whole room is painted red. There's all kinds of pictures of Hitler. Clearly, this is sort of like the officer's quarters. But when they go through it, they end up in a, like, medical interrogation room, sort of like a hospital room. And then when they push past that, they find a torture chamber full of bodies that have been there for decades. Decomposed skeletons. You forgot to mention in that medical room, they find a bunch of like stolen gold, which is a classic Nazi move, right? There's like gold teeth that have been pulled out. There's a bunch of like pocket watches and jewelry. Yeah, that's what they determined that this was a Nazi torture ship. That's when they determined it? Yeah, that's Not when they walked through the room with nothing but like pictures of Hitler and Nazi Well, that's when they learned it was a Nazi ship, but the the sort of medical room is when they determined this was their like torture ship. This was the ship where they did their evil. They even find a log from an American who had taken over the ship to decommission it. Well, that's George Kennedy uh, reads that to us. Yeah, with about 20 minutes to go in this thing, we get some full-on backstory. As the old captain, now uh, confronting the new captain, does read that ship's log. 
This was a Nazi ship, duh, and it was meant to be scuttled due to the atrocities committed by its captain and crew. But the old captain, who, by the way, is totally insane at this point, he's pouring wine that isn't there, explains that he and the ship have a connection, as all captains do. I sometimes wonder if we are in command of the ships or if the ships are in command of us. What do you think, Marshal? And listen, I know this guy is a complete monster, but that is a world-class metaphor. He describes it as having a soul and a living thing. It was interesting. Yeah, man. I kind of skipped over the Nick thing a little bit. This freakout scene with him is actually kind of decent. Well, when he falls into the net and they pull it up and they see that it's full of like dead bodies, skeletons and like assorted viscera, like, and then he kind of, he fucking essentially drowns in it. Like it's, it's pretty well done. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I didn't understand how he got there. Sort of one of the biggest problems I had with this was like, temporally it was really strange like we would go and miss a lot of what led to some of the things happening and in that moment it took away from some of what was really good because i thought his death scene was actually quite quite well done now after they have this conversation the captain and the first mate and we get explained what's going on and the ship has a soul of its own and now he's going to be the captain forever how does the first mate respond well he knows he has to get him and his family off this ship or they are going to die they'll be the blood that feeds this death machine So he waits until the old captain is close and then stabs him repeatedly with a knife. Now he quickly grabs his family and they scramble, finding another room full of dead bodies before successfully making it back above deck. With both lifeboats having already been released by the evil ship, though, they're going to have to pump up an inflatable raft to float on. Before they can do that, we hear the sound of gunshots and see that George Kennedy has shaken off the stabbing and is in hot pursuit. No one leaves my ship, Marshal. No one... That dude refuses to lose. (laughs) I'm not sure if he's powered by the magic of the ship here or if he is just a stubborn old bastard because we know how strong (laughs) they can be. be either one, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hard to tell at this point. Um, Lots of really interesting things, right? Like, they have to go into this freezer of bodies. It's a deep freezer hanging off meat hooks. And that's where they find around them are sort of the flotation devices and they find this raft. They get them blown up and they start sort of jumping off. But as you said, the captain has found a rifle and is shooting at them. He's not a very effective shot, uh, so he doesn't hit with the gun. But it does turn into a fist fight between our old captain and our first mate. Well, yeah, the, the incoming captain, he breaks off from his family to give them time to escape. But in that fist fight, he is quickly dispatched by George Kennedy, who makes it back in time to grab the incoming captain's wife, but not before the kids successfully jump overboard with the raft. So it seems like we're going to get a game of cat and mouse here, where the new captain has to rescue his wife before the old captain can find and kill him. Only before he even goes looking, she's just like there somehow. Did George Kennedy not lock her up? What is going on here? Yeah, but the door is just like, it's a small room on top at the front of the ship. Like it's not even far away from where her husband is. So when her husband wakes up, he just goes and gets her out immediately door, she's just, there's another yeah, open she door just she just out. walks yeah. through it she's yeah. like oh, i'm here i'm like what some poor planning what i've noticed is nobody is finishing the kill in this the first mate stabbed him the captain in the stomach like three times with the butter knife like that's not gonna finish him <laughs> off <laughs> i thought it was a steak knife no was it a steak knife? no i was oh. pretty sure it was a goddamn butter knife and well, i was like impossible. well that's gonna create a small wound it's gonna slow him down for a second but he could have done. He could have tied him up. He could have done something to prevent him from coming after him. He didn't. That's true. Clearly, the captain not good at finishing the job either. Let them. And it seems now that the captain has let these kids get away, and he hasn't finished shit off. The ship is mad at him. Well, that's the part I couldn't figure out. Like, as if all this wasn't confusing enough, the old captain does try to finish the job. He runs to the bridge and orders the ship to run them down, but it suddenly stops listening to him with no explanation whatsoever. He is understandably confused by this, just like I was, and he completely rages out, running into the boiler room and firing gunshots wildly. Now, this goes hilariously wrong for him, as the ship electrocutes him, which sends a not-super-convincing George Kennedy stunt double tumbling down three levels of catwalks. Oh, it was hilarious. (laughs) This is pretty bad man both him raging out and just randomly shooting parts of the ship is hilarious he does it on the bridge and then down in the control room and then we see that he falls onto a giant gear and we're like well we know where this is going absolutely and if i was making fun of the stunt fall a couple seconds ago what might be even worse effect is what happens to the old captain when he's on that gear like you said his hand gets caught in between two giant gears and his arm ends up getting crushed in what might be one of the lowest budget effects i've ever seen like this is so clear clearly a rubber hand and it gets emphasized by the fact that you never 
see any other part of George Kennedy in the shot. This cut back and forth between a close-up of his screaming face and the rubber hand getting squished. It's awful. Yeah. It kind of tears away from his body for a second. We don't get any blood. You don't see There's any no blood at all. You see nothing. Why they didn't just like throw that same dummy from the chick through it and grind it up just to like show something and produce some blood effects would be good. There must have been enough blood on set from that shower scene to at least make this look somewhat effective. Yeah, just squirt a little more on there. I don't know. Uh, with the new captain and his family out of danger, I guess, I still don't know why the Death Ship lost interest in them, we get a helicopter flying by and a borderline laughable voiceover stating that everyone looks okay and will be rescued. I think we could put that together ourselves, but whatever. And you may be asking yourself, what about the Death Ship? Well, as we see before the end credits roll, the gears are still turning, the pistons are still pumping, and the German voices are still loudly shouting through the intercom. So get ready for Death Ship 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> So I think the Death Ship lets them go because it's got enough blood. It's been satiated. The captain was the last, like the captain's sacrifice was enough. When we go to the end, though, when we get to the end, the Death Ship ends crashing into another ship. Does it? I didn't notice that. Yeah. The Let's very, go to the credits. All right. No, the very end of the movie is the Death Ship, like, ramming another ship. So it wasn't enough blood. Well, no. It, well, it was enough blood for the moment. I guess that family they determined wasn't... Like, the blood they wanted, I don't know. Well, I did not notice that crash part. Uh, I, I heard a sound. I assumed it was, like, thunder or something. I don't no, know. I think it was them. Like, that was the end was yeah. them. I think they were insinuating the ship had found another victim. That well, this we know ship, it's going to. The ship is just on the open ocean, just out in the Atlantic, smashing into other ships, taking them down. Is this the explanation for the Bermuda Triangle? It's the death <laughs> ship. I was going to say, this is what really got the Titanic. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. 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 Could have melded those two movies together. Had a real good time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. The pacing of this was really weird. It sucked ass. I know we've complained in the past that movies, especially horror movies, don't spend enough time establishing characters for getting into the action. But in this case, I feel like they did take a lot of time at the beginning, but still didn't establish characters somehow. They almost, what they did was establish the boat to be a creepy place but not establish the people who found the boat to be people we care about. It's sort of right. how I would describe it, right? I felt like we had a confusing section where they were showing the death ship and the crews. They introduced the crew members who were going to be on the death ship experiencing the murder, etc., um, but didn't spend enough time making you care about those characters. Well, no, like you said, we, we know barely anything about them. We know the young couple just had sex with each other, the old lady's a widow, and the one guy's the new captain, and he's he's got kids, and the one kid has to pee all the time. Yeah. It's a weird running. The same kid had, had a bladder like you. It was weird. It was like... <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Uh, I don't know, or maybe, maybe the pacing thing, it just feels weird because they cram so much stuff into the last 30 minutes of this movie. Like, we get so little for the first two-thirds, and they just start snapping it off at the end, like, boom, boom, boom. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't seem like they kind of had that formula down. It felt like they... I don't know if it was a failure in editing, or, like, they didn't get enough action. I think they just needed to have more people make it onto the Death Ship, and have more of the, like, set the tone with murdering people who we don't have a relationship with yet. Like, I feel like modern horror movies maybe do that a little better. But I know the horror movie sort of focuses on a main small group because yeah. you usually connect with them better. I don't know. There wasn't enough of that for me. No, I agree. It seemed like it was more about their interaction with the boat and less about their interaction with each other. And that that's kind of the one section that I think was probably too long. And I guess we'll get into this in a second when we go into our ratings. But the, the middle part where they're exploring the boat, there's a lot of scenes them exploring and creepy stuff, but then nothing, like, no one dies, nothing really happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was the section where I, like, I do my best to never have my phone on me while I'm watching a movie. I want to be focused in, but that's yep. the section where if I had it, I would have been reaching yeah. for it, right? Like, that's the section where I'd have been like, ugh. All right, we should definitely skim to our ratings now because we're basically already describing what we did and didn't like. So the way we always do this, we rate the movie on a scale of 1 to 10 two times, 1 to 10 for how bad it is, 1 to 10 for how enjoyable, and the goal is to find movies that are 10 out of 10 on both scales, or what we call the... Crit 20. And for me, uh, I already mentioned the pacing, really strange. This is kind of one of those movies where I feel like they had a bunch of ideas but weren't totally sure how to fit them together, which might also be why so many things came pouring out at the end. Like I said, it kind of was very quick there for the last half hour. Um, this thing is low budget in so many ways. Uh, the effects weren't great, especially in terms of the deaths. Honestly, I feel like what they spent the most on for this movie was editing. 
We get so many cuts in this and the overlapping of sound. And I think that part was actually pretty effective. Like without those quick cuts, I don't feel like we have some of the urgency and some of the sense of terror that we get in the scenes where we get it. Some of those ideas, like I mentioned, uh, a lot of ideas in this one. Some of those ideas were good though. And despite the low budget effects, I thought there was a decent amount of creepy things here, not the least of which was George Kennedy's performance. He did a good job and really I didn't have a problem with many of the other performances either. For me, this was really more of a story pacing issue. So I have this as an eight bad. That's fair. So I'm going to have some pretty similar criticisms. I thought the pace was one of the biggest detractors. And I think that middle section, I agree, is the worst. I also think the first section is unclear. Um, There are some okay effects in this. I thought the makeup was a struggle. It was Uh, really bad. It was really, really bad. Um, The concept, the idea of a magical, like, Nazi ship that's going around taking people out, I was not so sold on. Um, (laughs) I just struggled with the realism, and that was kind of also with the timeline of how things were happening and where people were, like, transporting from place to place. There were on occasion I didn't like the some of the acting, but like you said, I think overall the acting was pretty good. Our main character was pretty good. I actually thought Nick, the kind of horn dog guy, <laughs> does a decent job yeah. in his freakout section and a couple of the other moments. I didn't the first mate seemed kind of meh to me. He he was like neither here nor there. The children were fine. Um Oh, I disagree. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, but hilariously, I had it as an eight too. Yeah, uh, I didn't. It didn't deserve a ten, and I think that, like you said, is mostly because the uh, sort of the cinematography, the editing of the shots, and the Set mood work. and the feel, like yeah. that was all quite well done. Yep. I like the sets they chose to create it into. Yeah. They clearly had access to this old boat and did a lot of really good work with it. Mm. Um, but. Overall, eight bad for me. Enjoyment. Yeah, how enjoyable did you find that on a scale of one to ten? Yeah, so this was interesting. I appreciated some of what they were trying to do. Um, it did feel like a bit of a ripoff from Hitchcock slash Shining. Well, the shower scene again is just a shameless ripoff of Psycho. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was a bit of a struggle for me. The fact that it took place on the ocean. I don't know. As someone who really enjoys water and boats, you think I would like this more, but I don't know. It didn't do it for me. Um, I enjoyed some of the tension that was created and some of the sort of moods and jump scares were okay. The biggest problem for me, though, was the pace and unclarity. I really struggled to stay with it because of that. There were times, this is a movie where I might have shut it off. Because you're so disoriented, like, and, where and, are we? And, and because yeah. it was moving so slow in the middle mm, that yep. I was like, I, I wanted to get to the payoff, though. The only thing that kept me watching is because I knew there was going to be some kind of payoff, right? And the payoff is actually not too bad. Um, but I had it as a six enjoyable. We're pretty close here then. Like I already said, some good creepy set pieces and imagery, a few good performances. I will say this for the screenwriters, they picked the right villain for this. Uh, The Nazis, I mean, not the boat. Like I'm old enough that Nazi imagery is one of those things that immediately elicits a response. It's instantly recognizable as the symbol of evil. And so to see it used effectively here did give me that response, Uh, especially when they find the dead bodies and the stolen gold, gold teeth. And that's, that's creepy, man. Uh, George Kennedy's Descent into Madness was fun. His stunt fall was hilarious. Although I do wish the effects had been better for stuff like his hand getting crushed and the shower scene and the makeup of the old lady's face. The deaths in general were pretty basic. Like if you think about it, there's no big dramatic end for these characters except maybe the handsome guy who falls into that cargo net, which was a pretty good scene. But the rest, like the the guy disappears under the boat and they, we, we hear he gets chopped by the propeller. Kennedy strangles a lady. Like, it's not really what you would think of as, like, gory or, like, there's no kind of big horror deaths. So kind of disappointing for that type of movie. Things that made this less enjoyable for me were the middle dragging a bit. Too much exploring, not enough action for that section. The fact that the plot at times is confusing. And also the two children's characters, in my opinion, they brought, like, nothing to this. I didn't like the actors. And considering they never really seemed to be in danger, I'm not sure they needed to be here. Yeah, and... Like you said, I don't think that we ever felt like they were going to die. Oh, those doors slamming behind them? That's not, like, that's creepy, but it's not like I didn't think they were in danger. Uh, so overall, I would say I had a pretty good time, so I'm going to be slightly higher. I'm going to give a 7 for enjoyable. We're really close here. We are, yeah. We've given it a 14 and a 15 on our scale, so it's kind of middle of the road here. I don't regret watching it. It's, no, it's a movie that... Um, it, it was interesting. I think that there was definitely some creativity in put into this. Is it something I will watch again? We haven't kind of gone to that well in a long time, and I I don't think it is. It's not something that I'm I'm gonna look to watch again. But 
Is that because of the era? Because it is very much of like a bygone era of movie making. Yeah, I would just choose another movie from a similar era yeah. to expose myself to rather than watch this one again, right? There wasn't yep. something to it that felt novel or interesting enough, right? Like when we watched Black Christmas, that's something I would watch again because I think it had those sort of like it felt revolutionary in yeah. a way. And I want to see that uh, sort of how they, they made that happen again. And this one didn't feel like it added anything to the genre, I guess. That's fair. Well, did you think that this beer added anything to our enjoyment this <laughs> afternoon? Oh, it definitely added to my enjoyment. This was really easy to drink. Um, this ghost ship was not scary at all. It was... <laughs> <laughs> well, you were happy to board the ghost ship? Oh, yeah. I yeah. was happy to uh, sort of go along with this ghost ship. I've done a lot of those ghost walking tours. I think they're really fun. Really? I yeah, I, I like that kind of... Um, um, faux history stuff. It, it's enjoyable to me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Faux history. Hang oh, on sorry. a second. Uh, creative history. I uh, like the creative. That still sounds dismissive. I like the creative history stuff. It's fun to me. Um, and so I think I would enjoy a little ghost ship tour and I would drink this. I think this is a beer I would recommend to people who were kind of uh, worried about a pale or a, or a hoppy beer. I feel like this is maybe a nice gateway to some of those flavors. Yeah, as you know, I enjoy pale ales, but not IPAs. You kind of said before we started that this maybe would have more of the qualities of like a like a like a British ale. And I think it kind of does in some ways, like as opposed to like what we think of as a North American style pale ale. But in general, like there was good malt flavor, a little bit of hops, but not too much. I this thing was very drinkable and I crushed mine like early enough and I would definitely drink this again. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I would love to try some more stuff. If I go to the UK and it's a place that I would love to visit, there's yeah. a lot of things about the United Kingdom that I'm very interested in. I would try to make a trip to Southwold. It seems like they well, have a really Well, it sounds like really, you really fucking cool stay there, check into one of their hotels and just, you know. I would love it. Yeah. No, for sure. I don't know how this ended up in, like, again, we're Canadian. This is in our liquor stores in Canada. I don't know how. Every so often they'll just have some weird shit in there. And this one, uh, you know, I've seen it a couple times. I'm glad we tried it out. I would definitely buy it again. They've impressed me enough that I would dip back in for their brand. Uh, hey, speaking of things that uh, may or may not impress, I mean, I strongly tell this will impress you. You may have already seen this. We got a request actually last season uh, from a guy who gave us a choice of two movies he'd like us to cover. And the one that we are going to cover is a much derided children's movie from the 1980s. Uh, we're going to be watching Mac and Me. <laughs> this is that alien, right? That like the It's like a homeless man's version of E.T. Yeah. This, this clip is constantly, there's a clip that's constantly circulated online. I think every time Paul Rudd is on Conan O'Brien's show, he is there to show a clip from his movie. He ends up showing a clip from Mac. I mean, it's like a running joke. Oh, is Paul Rudd the star of this? Oh, thing? no, no. He's got nothing to do with this. He would not still have a career if he was. Uh, <laughs> no, this is just a, a much derided, super shitty cash grab of a kid's movie from the 80s. And uh, this is one that we got requested. So we're going to check it out next week. That should be something. I'm excited. I love 80s kids movies, as you know. Uh, it's kind of... Uh, nostalgic? Yeah, definitely nostalgic for me. So Have you seen this, though? You must, have you seen Mac and Me? I, it was around. I have seen the memes, and I recognize okay. that alien. Do I know the plot of this movie or remember anything about it? No. It's basically just E.T. Okay. This well, alien's going to come to Earth. He's going to befriend a kid. I think the kid's in a wheelchair. I'm excited to see this. They're just reaching for everything here. <laughs> I'm excited too, man. It's good to finally uh, do this request for the person who requested it. So that will be happening. But before then, if you have not already, please follow us on social media at the BMB podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to send us an email, the BMB podcast at gmail.com. We're just getting into our fourth season here and still have lots of room for recommendations. Please feel free to send them along. Definitely. We always love to hear from you. And we thank you for joining us today. We hope you'll be back in two weeks for Mac and me. Uh, until then, I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Captain always goes down with the ship. <laughs> what in the living hell is on board?